everything whether you know it or not the problem is is that we don't know how much we need him we think we can make it without him but I'm here to tell you that every breath you take every move you make the reason why you even got some sense is 
that God is keeping you whether you know it or not. Hallelujah! You really don't know how much you need him until trouble has come in your life. And it breaks you to the place that you recognize you can never make it without the Lord. Amen. See, there should be more people clapping, which means that a lot of us haven't been broken. And the reason why we haven't been broken is because we think we got something to do with it. Hallelujah. I'm not preaching yet. <laughs> Let's get into our sermon, Finding Yourself. And the only place where you find yourself is in Christ. Amen. Still dealing with the question. And, and the thought I want to bring to us is from spiritual rags to riches. <laughs> from, from, from spiritual rags. God, God has taken us from spiritual rags to spiritual riches, whether we realize it or not. And we would deal with that. Removing the old tags or rags to become who we are in Christ. And hopefully the purpose of this sermon would be helping us to understand God's process of taking us from to. <laughs> it's a journey, it's a process, but, but God is in the process if you know him, if you have accepted him, of taking you from to. You moving though you don't feel like you moving. You're moving either backwards or forwards. There is no staying the same. Saying, you are changing whether you know it or not. And you are either changing to become more like Christ or changing to become less like him. And a lot of it depends on our focus. What are we looking at? How do we see life? In fact, how do we see God? I'm not preaching yet. <laughs> well, maybe I am. Maybe I am. Our text that we're going to come out of is Philippians 3, beginning at verse 8. And it reads as such in our reading. Paul is talking about him changing, his view changing, his perspective changing, that, that what he saw in Christ totally transformed his life. He says, yet indeed I also count all things, things that I used to look at, things I used to count on, things I used to depend on, the things that I thought I was, the things that gave me my identity, the things that made me feel like I was significant. The things that made me feel like I was somebody. The things that made people look up to me. The things that I thought was important. 
the things that I, I, I hung my hat on to say, yeah, that's me. All things account as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And this is what he said. He said, I found that in all those things I was chasing, that wasn't me. That was not my identity. Even though it was religious things and good things, that was not what I, I made it my image and my identity. But once I saw Christ, I realized I was wrong. And I found that my identity can only be found in the excellency of the knowledge that is knowing relationship experience of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, for whom, well, I said, I suffered. He said, he said, he said, it hurt when I let go of what I thought I was. It cost me something. <laughs> I, I, I had to change things all around. In fact, friends I used to run with don't run with me no more. Family rejected me because I changed. <laughs> he said that, that folks rejected me when I started being for real. I have suffered the loss of, the, of all things. He says, he says, but now I realize, now that I found the real thing, the real me, it was rubbish anyway. He says, he says that I may gain, I said, win more, know more, experience more of Christ. To be found in him, I found myself in him. I found my reality in him. I found my significance, my worth, my value, my purpose, my meaning. Everything that I thought I was looking for, I found it in. Looking for love, I found love in Christ. <laughs> he says, not having my own righteousness. He said, he said, I'm not saved by being good. Matter of fact, I found out I'm not good at all for religious folks. But that which is through faith, listen, everything is through faith in Christ Jesus. That the righteousness, which is what? from God, not our righteousness. He places his righteousness on us so he sees himself in us by our faith in Christ. If that's not what we are standing on, we're standing on religion, and if all you got is religion, you're not saved. that I may know him. Listen to him looking. Listen to him looking. He said, my, my number one goal is that I may know, experience, 
him deeper and the power of his resurrection. And watch this. He said, even the fellowship of his suffering. You know what he's saying? He's saying, since he had to suffer to be resurrected in power, we have to suffer so that we can experience the power. <laughs> to be conformed to his, he said, to be conformed to his death. He said, he said, I'm dying to me so that I may be lifted in him, that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. He said, he said I'm letting go of dead things so I can catch hold of that which is alive. I know y'all been standing for a long time. I'm almost finished. Not that I have, listen, Paul who wrote most of the New Testament said, not that I have attained it. He said, I'm not there yet. Uh, he said, he said I, I know God has used me, but I'm not there yet. He said, I'm not already perfect. I, I don't look completely like Christ. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. And, and, I, and I'm going to press. I'm laying hold. I'm forgetting the things of the past, and I'm still pressing. To lay hold of the reason why he laid hold of me. I see more of who I am before me in Christ, and I'm pressing to become that. Paul said, every day, every hour, I'm pressing to be more of who I am in Christ. Let's stop there. Amen. Lord, even now, Lord, even now, Lord, even now, you be manifest, you be glorified. Amen. There should be a supernatural power and presence on you and I. There should be something flowing up out of you that you know is not you. Uh, there should be that you're living in a love that you know is not your love. In a kindness that is not your kindness. In a righteousness that's not your righteousness. Because, because, because the Holy Spirit has, has, has made his abode in us and we are allowing him to be who he is in us and through us for the glory of God. Yeah. And, and when you know it's God, you don't take credit for it. Amen. When you know it's God, you don't think about how good you are. There's a separation between God flowing through us and us trying to manufacture what's not real. He has made us 
totally dependent on him in order to live the life that he has for us and that he is calling us to. And when we try to do it, we get in the way. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in Ephesians chapter 3, excuse me, John chapter 3. And Nicodemus is religious. His, his righteousness, his, his, his religion, his rightness in our eyes will far surpass any of ours. And he comes because he really wants Jesus to say, Oh, you're a good man. You don't have nothing to worry about. <laughs> he comes and Jesus gets right to the point. He says, no man shall see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And Nicodemus said, what? What you talking about? I thought I was good. And Jesus said, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because the standard that God has surpasses, matter of fact, the standard that God has is us being him. You know what we do? We compare ourselves to other people and make ourselves feel good about ourselves. Kim over there helped me preach. Thank you, Kim. I don't know how she beat me to the punch, but she is. And that is that is religion. That's not relationship. See, the more we think we can do it, the less dependent we are on him. The crushing process is to make us realize that we have no strength of ourselves. We have no power of ourselves. We have no righteousness of ourselves. Let, let me throw this at you. If, if things got hard enough, you'd be surprised at what you might do. You'd be surprised at what the mess that would come about of you. Satan is, is, is doing the same con he did in the garden, in the garden with, with Adam and Eve, where they was perfectly good with God. God gave them everything. The garden was pleasurable. Everything, no once. God was downloading into their spirit. Evil couldn't get into their minds. And Satan made them doubt God. The sin wasn't the taking of the tree. The sin was they moved out of position and told God he wasn't good enough. Satan told them that God is keeping from you. Go find it yourself. My question is, what are we looking at? Can, can I help you with something? Whatever we are looking at, that's what we're going to become. Whatever we are watching, I've done counseling sessions where, where a, 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 a woman or a man can't stand their mother or their father 
and, and, and they won't forgive, and they can't stand them, but they're becoming just like them. Somebody said that don't make sense. Oh, yes, it does. If you keep on looking at something, though you don't like what you're looking at, you, your psychology, your, your psyche will mimic the very thing you're watching. So whatever you are looking at the most, whether you know it or not, you are becoming that. That's why, that's why, that's why if you, if you got a dad or a mom that, that treated you wrong, was no good, wasn't there, you better forgive. Because if you don't forgive, you will begin to mimic. Because you, 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 because your unforgiveness means that you're still looking at what they wasn't, that what they didn't do, what, what they didn't say, and, and, and if you don't let go, before you know it, your kids are saying the same thing about you that you said about you, your mother. Paul says, I changed what I was looking at. I recognized I was looking at all the wrong things. And even though it seemed like they were good, they really wasn't good. Matthew 6, 22 and 23. And it says, the lamp of the body is the eye. Oh, he's saying it. Be careful what you're looking at. Not only does your eyes filter into your soul, but your eyes is a window into your soul. <laughs> Let me explain. It's amazing how little babies, their eyes sparkle. It's amazing when we get older, the sparkle leaves for some of us. Listen, the baby, its soul has not been been contaminated yet. So there is a spark. I watch, I watch my little grandson, and I watch him watch his mom and watch his dad, and he's in total awe. He may glance at me. He may smile at me. He will laugh at me. But his mom and dad, he's in total I'm in awe watching him be in awe because I recognize that's what God wants from us. Most of us ain't looking at God. He, 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 he's the back burner. Matter of fact, he's the warmer. We go to him when we need him. But we're looking at everything else. And, and when God is not on the forefront, in the front place, we will quit seeing him. Part of the crushing is his purpose that, that we will see him more because scripture says this, Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitude says that the pure in heart will see God. It's not talking about heaven. God will manifest himself right now. 
God will show you himself now. But the problem is that if there's mess in your heart, you can't see God. Funny, funny, funny. We transfer what is in our heart to other people. Users think everybody trying to use them. Gossipers always think somebody gossiping about them. People who steals think someone trying to steal from them. What ad adulterers think that everybody's adultery on them. Whatever is in our hearts, we it colors our world. So watch this. If I feel like I can't trust nobody, then when I look at God, I say, I can't trust you. Now the problem isn't with God. The problem is this process of letting God take us where we need to be is God trying to get our attention off of us <laughs> on him. It hurts. Kim just stole another word I was going to say. But it's necessary. Watch this, Proverbs 4, 20 and 23. Proverbs 4. 20 and 23. Well, I'm going to go ahead while they catch it. My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my saying. <laughs> he said, he said I, I want you to hear it, but listen, not just read it, not just listen, not only just agree, but submit. We can't pick and choose out of God's word what we're going to obey and not obey. You can't, you can't pick what you're going to believe and what you're not going to believe. When, when, when we start playing that game with God, God start playing the game with us. And the game he began to play is what you thought you had, you don't even have no more. What you thought you knew, you don't even know anymore. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay, Mark 4, 24. <laughs> he, said, he said, be careful. Pay attention. And watch what you read and, and what you give to it. He said, be careful what you are hearing, and what measure of thought, how, how important it is. Is it really the word of God, or is it just God's opinion? He said, you give to the truth you hear. No, he said, this is truth. I don't care what cultures say. I don't care what people say. It really doesn't matter to me what they say on Facebook. It doesn't really matter what social media. You have to have a standard of truth 
that is true regardless what the world says. Let me, let me go a little bit deeper. Regardless of how you feel, what you think, my opinion to God's truth don't mean anything. And he says, unless you surrender, he says, he says, that which you measure towards it, the importance of it will be measured back to you when you read it. He said, oh, you don't think it's nothing? Then it won't be nothing. He said, oh, you don't think this is illumination? Then it won't be. Oh, you don't think this is true? Then to you, it won't be true. God says, whatever you give to me, I'll give it back. <laughs> Ain't that something? So, I said, so if you chase me a little, I'll give you a little. If you chase me a lot, I'll give you a lot. Oh, you want me that bad? I'll blow your socks off with your shoes on. <laughs> oh, you're going to trust me like that? You haven't seen nothing yet. Oh, you're going to go through this persecution and suffering, and you're going to keep on looking at me? Watch me show up and show out. Hallelujah. See, see, what we don't understand is that your blessing is depending on you. Hallelujah. When, when, when all hell breaks loose and you stand flat-footed, the tears running down your eyes and say, Lord, I don't know why, but I trust you. One of the greatest things that we can do is learn not to ask why, but ask what. Not to ask why me, but what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? Because I know you are a God of love. Got to know that. I know that you are all powerful. Got to know that. I know you love me. Got to know that. I know you are a God of purpose. You got to know that. And Lord, I know you're up to something, my Father. So I don't understand. I don't like it. I'm crying. But I know you, that you up to something in my life. And it's for my good. You got something for me. And when you get finished, if I trust you, I'm coming out as pure gold. And I'm going to have more power. I'm going to have more understanding. You're going to take me and use me on a higher level because that's just the type of God you are. Satan moved Adam and Eve, watch this, by moving what they knew about God. That's what it was about. His accusation, his, 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 his lie was, God is holding back. Why are you going to trust him when you could go do it for 
yourself. I hate to say this, but God said, we all have fallen for that trap. Know what's amazing to me? He don't have a new lie. <laughs> he don't have a new trick. He just packaged it differently. <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll put it the way you like it. He'll put it in the package that is enticing to, uh, each one of us. Then he says, here, try this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let me go a little bit deeper. We think just, be, just because we took the first lick, it didn't cost me nothing. Hold on. He's more patient than we are. Which means then he'll wait 20 years to destroy you. Because every time you go back, he's wrapping another chain around you. And he'll wait until he got you good and messed up. There's a poem that says, sin will take you farther than you ever wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and it will cost you more. Psalms 1, 1 to 3 is telling us, he, he really is talking about there. He's talking about us listening. Blessed is the man who walked not in the council. That's listening, council. Don't let just anybody speak into you. Just don't read anything. Don't, don't let anybody be your counselor. If they're not speaking the word of God, if they're not coming from a perspective that is based off of truth, he says, he says, he says in this, he says, he says, sit in the seat in the path of sinners. You know what you're doing there? You're watching. You don't have to say anything, but if you watch somebody doing wrong, if you're constantly in the presence, sooner or later, it does something. Then, then lastly, watch this. He said he went from he went from listening to sitting with. He said, now you are a marker, marker yourself. Hold on. The eye gate, the ear gate, and the mouth gate gets into the heart. So may I ask you, what do you speak out of your mouth outside of church? What's our conversation? Is it faith-filled? Is it full with an expectation? Do, do we, are we looking for, are we expecting God to do something? I, I don't know how people make it who has no expectation. I don't know how you live a joyful life unless you have an expectation. Sometimes the only thing you got is an expectation. If you're waiting for your circumstance to be okay, you may be waiting a long time. Let me throw this at you. Expect things to get worse, not better. So what you gonna do when your world is flipping upside down? 
Are, are you going to lose your mind? Are you going to lose your, your sanity? Because stuff on the outside is all messed up. You best put your anchor on the one that can't be moved. You better put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who won't move you, who won't leave you, who won't forsake you, that will make a way out of nowhere. Come here, Jan. Satan is trying to put something on you that don't fit you, not made for you, but he tells you is you. And what he has done is he has taken everything of our past, every hurt, every word, everything somebody said about us, done to us, and if you allow him, he would tell you that's you. Hold on, I ain't finished yet. And you walk around hidden in an identity that don't belong to you. Acting like it, got walls built up, mean attitude because of what somebody in your past or something happened or life didn't go well and you all covered up and then you blame God for it. But I tell you what you need to do. Blind Barnabas. Here he is. In, 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 in Mark 10, verse 46. He was born blind, begging for something. He people was was, was making fun of him, treating bad. Most time wouldn't give him nothing. But he heard that Jesus was coming by. Scripture said he started yelling out, Son of David, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy on me. I'm a wretch undone, have mercy. Lord, I mess up, Lord, have mercy. See, you ought to be yelling out, have mercy on me. I need you. I know I need you. Not my mama, not my daddy, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. They said that folks sternly started saying, shut up. Be quiet. You can't let other folks stop you from getting your blessing. You can't let other folks stop it. They show me the eagle, show me the eagle. There's an eagle, and he's looking at a reflection of himself in the water. And underneath the caption said, can't nobody stop you but you. At some point, you have to quit blaming everybody. At some point, you got to stop blaming your lack. We all got lack. If you knew the stories in this room and what 
people been through, you will shut up and not complain no more. You have no clue. Just because they look good on the outside, you don't know what nobody else been through. I sat there and counseled with people and broke out crying because of the hurt and pain. And I had to ask, how are you making it? And they always refer to Jesus. At some point, you gotta let go. You gotta forget. Boy, man, kept on crying out. You know what? God sometimes will wait to see how determined we are to get an answer from him. Because if you quit in the first week, you didn't want him that bad. If you quit just because it's been too long for you, you know, you gotta get to the place where you say, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how much I gotta call, Lord, because I realize that my help comes from you. I'm not going nowhere. I'm gonna stay right here until you talk to me, till you change my circumstance, till you move me, until you lift me, until you come by. Lord, I'm not going out on my own. All I got is you. Matter of fact, if you read it right, it says, the more they told him to shut up. Did you, hear, did you see that? <laughs> Did you see that? He knew his blessing, his help, was in nobody else but Jesus. And he did not care what anybody else thought. Even though they had the same needs, they didn't recognize that they needed it. Probably. There was probably other blind people around because they would all be at a certain kind. Matter of fact, if you see one beggar on this corner, you see another beggar on this corner. You know why? They go to see, they go to find where the best places are. <laughs> so guess what? There was probably other ones, but, but in one of the gospel, it says two, but blind Bartimaeus is the one that sticks out. And this is what he does. He, he calls, and, 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 and there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of folks who just there. There's always going to be a crowd. There's always going to be obstruction. There's always going to be new noise. There's always going to be confusion. There's always going to be trouble. There's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be something there. But can you singularly focus on Jesus? Can you singularly set your sights on him? Can you make up your mind that you're going to trust him come hell or high water? Now watch this. This is, this is amazing. Jesus stops. Jesus knew before he got there that Barmaeus was there. He wanted Barmaeus 
to call on him because while he was calling on him, his faith was being increased. The more you go through and trust him, your faith muscle is being strengthened. What we don't understand is the, the only thing that you bring to God is your faith. And if you're not bringing faith, you ain't bringing nothing. Faith is saying, I trust you, Lord. I trust that you love me. I trust that you have purpose for me. I trust that you ain't finished with me. I trust that you up to something in my life. Lord, I know it's been a long time, but I still trust you. Lord, where else would I go? I can't go no place else. Hallelujah. Regardless of all the tags, regardless the voices are speaking to me, I'm only listening to your voice. Well, what's this? Blah, blah, man. The, the crowd now changes their tone. Jesus is calling. Be careful for folks who use Jesus, but they don't mean it. Well, well, once they see a movement, they say, oh, Jesus, wait a minute, what did you just tell him a minute ago? <laughs> That's why, you know, you, you just can't get caught up in the crowd. You, you best not be that caught up in other people's opinion of you. You have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. If you worry about what people think, then you're stuck. Now, hold on. He had a coat on, and this coat meant I'm blind, I'm a beggar, I can't help myself. All the negative things that ever happened in his life is represented in this coat. Now watch this. It says he leaped up. He jumped up. You know what that means? He started praising God. I want to show you something. I didn't pull it off. When he started raising his hands, it fell off. When you start praising God without seeing no change in your life, without it not changing, but you trust God to start praising him before your change stuff, stuff will start falling off. We think we're waiting on God when God is waiting on us. When he got there, God said, now, he brought, of course, Jesus knows what he wants. He says, what you want. He wanted him to say it out of his mouth. If you have speech, speech. If you can't talk, he can read your mind. But, but, but what we bring to the table is, 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 is us confessing that we trust you, we believe you, we're praising you in spite of everything and God said, according to your faith, according 
that you trust me, according that you believe in me, according that you have exercised your, your, you touch me with your faith. Now my power is going to be released. Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. He said, go your way. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sometimes your healing is when, listen, he turns and walks. It might be one step. Did you, hold on, y'all didn't catch that. This is what you didn't catch. He didn't beg. He didn't say that happened yet. Know what Jesus said? Go. Believe what I said without the evidence of it. Believe me at my word. You have already received it. Then it says this. Barmaeus, now follow Jesus. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why does it say that? Because there was other people who got healed but didn't follow him. Quit looking at him. We ought to be in all of him. And the more you look at him in his word and, and getting your heart ready and, and getting in his presence and worshiping, stuff start falling off. And as stuff starts falling off, stuff starts coming up. The problem is we know how to do church, but we don't know how to focus our eyes on him. The problem is we have gotten too comfortable wearing something that's not us. And then we try to make it right. God is saying, I didn't make you to be that. I made you to look like me. And I went so far as to put my spiritual DNA in you that you now have power to be victorious. You now have power to be more than a conqueror. You now have the power to stand up. You now have the power to walk with your mind made up. You now have the power to tell the devil to sit down and shut up. You now have the power that whatever you put your foot on, like the children of Israel, it will be yours. But you put your foot on it by faith. Lord, teach us to walk in what you have won for us. Victory is already won. He, he conquered it when he got up from the grave. He did that for us. And now, in spite of all that comes at us, he said, do you believe me? Do you trust me? Will you stand flat-footed on my word? Do you trust my love, my purpose for you? I know it's hard. 
but our God is a good God. <laughs> He's good all the time. And he'll come see about you. He'll come and wipe your tears away. Oh, do you know him? Do you know him for yourself? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And if you have, are you walking with him? Are you keeping your eyes on him and allowing him to become your everything? Your everything. Because he wants to be your everything. The prayer line, 451-31, you can call it if you're alive, and there will be a minister that will talk to you and pray with you. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, call. We would love to talk with you. We would love to encourage you. In the house, I got ministers here that will talk with you. If you need them to pray with you, if you need to accept Jesus, if you want to become a member, talk with them, and they will show you how. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Can't nothing stop you but you yourself. You can be an eagle and soar in Christ Jesus. Father, even now, we say hallelujah. We say glory. We say thank you because you have won the victory for us. I don't know why you love us so much, but I'm glad that you do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give God some praise.